Hi, and welcome to the Days of Learning podcast. I'm your host, David Nelson, and it's so good to be here today. The Days of Learning podcast, where we discuss health, wellness, medicine, community engagement, and equity. The Days of Learning podcast is brought to you by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the Wisconsin Department of Health, Milwaukee County Organizations Promoting Prevention, and the Medical College of Wisconsin. Today, my guest is Blanca Esmeralda Martinez. And our title is Navigating the Latinx Community for Health, but really, I think it's about navigating because uh, Esme, as her friends call and family call her, um, has quite a story. Esme, welcome to the Days of Learning podcast. Hi, David. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's such <laughs> this a is joy. Exciting. You know, I, I'm so excited to have you here. I was talking to one of my colleagues, Sophia uh, Torios, who said, you must talk to my friend Esme. And I said, sure, I, th I think that sounds interesting because she certainly knows community engagement. She has a strong understanding of the Latinx community. And I think she can talk about health. And I said, you know, that's the triple trifecta. So Esme, <laughs> tell me how you know Sophia. So tell me about that. Okay, so Sophia really has been, I mean, now we're very close friends, but um, she was actually, she played a big role in my life where um, I was exposed or introduced um, to working in the community. And mm. through that, I actually chose my major. Um, she was a community leader for Muskego neighborhood, which mm -hmm. was, which is a neighborhood that I live in that I go to church in. So it was really nice that she reached out and um, she included me in just all the planning, all the meetings. It was just wonderful working with her. You know, I'm so glad that you said a few things and I forgot to say who you are and what you're about. I said your name, <laughs> but Esme is a <laughs> student at the University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee. She works for the MPS. Uh, she works for the, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on it. You work for... Uh, recreation department. Oh my gosh, I should yes. have known that. Milwaukee Rec. The Milwaukee <laughs> Rec. I didn't have that in there. And she's the owner of a of Essence Resume Consulting, and we're going to get onto that. But we love Milwaukee Rec, and I knew that's where you work. But sometimes my mind goes blank, and that's how it goes. But Esme, so you you talk about this idea of understanding and working in the community and choosing your major that way, but I want to go back because okay. it's important to hear about your journey. Esme, tell us about your journey to this point. So uh, my parents immigrated from Mexico. Um, so I was raised in Milwaukee. I'm born in Mexico, but raised in Milwaukee the whole time. Haven't moved anywhere. Um, went to school here um, with the Milwaukee Public School System, so MPS, um, and worked here in Milwaukee. So, um, in my teen years, I joined this church, which has really played a big part in my faith as well. And faith is really what kind of motivates me. Um, my pastor, you know, has fed in me to walk the talk. So it's mm. not just about believing, but it's also putting hands in, so working um and whatever is needed and i think that's really like in my teen years that i started you know getting involved and volunteering um going to church and just helping out 
by 18, I became a youth leader. So it was, um, my church is part of a bigger faith organization. Um, so I was a leader here locally in Milwaukee and was helping youth around um, the district of Wisconsin, which, you know, involved youth in Racine, Kenosha, uh, Madison. And then maybe a couple years after that, I was part of the um, regional board. And that allowed me to uh, travel the Midwest and mm -hmm. to oversee and just help um, other leaders um, in other districts, specifically with the District of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. um, and that was around 18, 19, 20. Um, and then after that. Um, so hold on, hold on, hang okay. on. There's no after that. Okay. You, you at 18 or 19 are in charge of, of church development in two states? Yes. Wait a minute. At 18, I was looking for a date. And, and you're, de you're developing churches. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you go back because I think this is important. When we talk about the community, you talked about your parents coming from immigrating from Mexico. And, and I know in, from our previous conversation, your parents and your family are extremely important to you. Yeah. Tell me about, tell me about immigrating to the U.S., from what your parents have told you and what you remember and, and what that meant to you? Wow. So I came when I was two years old, so I don't remember much. Um, I think it is important to say that I am a DACA recipient. Mm -hmm. um, and what that means is that I'm allowed to live like a resident in, in some ways where it means I can have a job, mm -hmm. I can drive with no fear, right? Um, mm -hmm. But I cannot travel, so I cannot go back home and visit um, my mm -hmm. family. But um, my parents, wow, they, I mean, if you think about it, they came to this country without knowing the language, mm -hmm. without knowing the area, and really without knowing what resources were there for them. I think my parents missed out a lot on resources and just, um, getting educated and knowing that there is a community of support for them. Um, but they just taught me to work hard, mm. to value family because we, I didn't grow up um, with big family um, here in the city. And they just taught me, you know, it didn't matter what the struggle was, there is always a way and we would you know, move past that whatever struggle it was. Did they ever tell you about some of their struggles? Have they shared some of that with you? Yes. So I think growing up, I didn't notice, you know, because you're just a kid and you're just mm -hmm. living life. I mean, you just see that, yeah, I don't go to the big family parties, but I still have my mom and my dad here. We still um, uh, share moments and, you know, but now that I'm older, um, I think I'm more aware and just more um, more understanding of what their struggles was. You know, um, just finding a job a lot of times was difficult for them um, because they didn't know the language. Or sometimes, you know, my dad uh, 
shared that at times at his job, they didn't treat him fairly mm. because they knew that um, there wasn't a way for him to defend himself. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, he shared that with me. Um, in a, he worked for a fabric for about over eight years or 10 okay. years. Yeah, but um, I mean, way after that, he just decided to work harder and find resources, and now he's a business owner. But he's a great example of what a hardworking man is. What? And my mom, she's just, she's amazing. <laughs> what can't I do All right, be before you tell me about your mother, because and, and your father will get on to me if I don't, if we don't give a shout out to the business. So, what's your father's business? It's floor maintenance. So he does strip and waxing for commercial stores. Right on. What's the name of that business? Express Cleaning Solutions. Got it. Express Cleaning Solutions. So there, we've given yeah. a shout out to your father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell me about your mother. My mom. Wow. She is so loving. She's so kind. She hosts anyone. And when she brings them into our homes, she treats them just, she goes above and beyond. She always, um, you know, makes authentic Mexican dishes and she will not rest. That woman will not rest. She will make sure that whoever comes over feels welcomed. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, who are you more like, your father or your mother? Wow, um, I think I have a good mix of both. I think you do I too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we won't, so we, we won't, we won't divide, <laughs> we won't divide the family. Yeah. And, and, but we know, yeah, but you, you are hardworking. That was probably not a fair question. So I'll, oh. I'll, I'll change it then. So what, what, what is the dish that your, your mom's, that your mom's dish that is her specialty? Um, it would be pozole. It's, uh. <laughs> Not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's basically chicken with the stew. Um, we eat it with chips and all kinds of toppings. <laughs> oh man, you're, it, mm. we're talking in the evening, so you're making me hungry. So there. <laughs> <laughs> but you talked about your you you're walking the talk and working hard and valuing the things around you, even if it's not large amounts. How is that, I wanna bring it back to you now, how has that influenced the way you look at the world? Well, um, we could say that for a very long time growing up, um, in seventh grade, my teacher said, well, if you don't have a social security number, you can't go to college. And, you know, at seventh grade, as being a seventh grader, that was, it was not giving me hope. Mm. And I think that's when I realized what an immigrant was, you know, what it, what it meant. And then um, just growing up, I kind of was given opportunities. So I think that if you are in a situation where the odds may not be in your favor, 
there will always be an opportunity if you take it. Mm. If you work hard for them, there's always a way. So what my dad taught me, there's always a way. Um, it might not look like you want it to look like, but opportunities are, are always in one's lives and we just have to take them. If you could say something to that teacher now, what, what might you say to that person? And we won't name names again. We won't do that. Of course not. <laughs> what would I say? I would say that I can. I can do it. Mm. Um, it might not be easy, but it's doable. I can do it. And not just with school, but with anything else. Hmm. <laughs> Do you have an example from those, you said when you find opportunities, and I want to actually drill down, how did you know there were opportunities and not more roadblocks? Wow, I think it, it has to do with um, perspective and attitude. Hmm. And that's where my faith played a big role, where okay. um, it was in small roles, you know, hey, do you want to be part of this? And then they start making you part of a community and you start seeing an opportunity, not just to lead or be something big, but more of an opportunity to serve. And when you see the needs of others and when you see, wow, like I can help here, then that road starts taking you to something bigger. It, it takes you to something where you're more, where you feel fulfilled, where you feel that you're actually making a difference. So I think attitude and perspective. Well, I, I, I love girl. that perspective and attitude. And you said small roles and to serve. And I, I actually said in my mind, there are, there are no small roles. There was only oftentimes small perspective and small attitudes. And so yours is to say, how can I use what I'm provided at this time to serve others? And that's, you know, that's very, I'm, I'm very faith-based. And so that does speak to our faith to say, you know, provide, you know, use the opportunities that are provided. Those who are given much will be, much is expected of them. Those who are giving a little, little is expected of them. So you had right. seen this in your, in your parents. And I was thinking as you were talking, Esme, that um, what if I were dropped in, in, uh, in a country where I didn't speak the language, I didn't know the customs, I didn't know the culture, and I had a baby with me and I had to go get a job. It's like, you would do anything for just to get by, but you couldn't, you can't imagine the challenges that must come with, especially if you're, you are living, you are a person of color coming into a white dominated culture. Right. I, um, I admire my parents for their courage, for their right. strive to, to work and, I think their perspective was also a positive one where it was, yes, I sacrificed family. I sacrificed my culture, but for a better life, for up to give opportunities to, to my kids, to my children. So I, I think it also tells you about how the opportunities in the other, in the other country must have not been so accessible. You know, and we we are thankful that uh, your mother and father never gave up and said we're going to leave because we would never have gotten to see you then. And so it's <laughs> uh, it, it's it, it's joyful that that person that that idea of courage and striving has it been easy for you? 
it has not been easy. Um, when I graduated from high school, 2013, I could not finish college. You know, I went for a semester and realized, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, this is going to be a financial a struggle, not just for myself, but for my family. And I was a first generation. So um, that was that was difficult, especially because growing up, you're in school all the time. And then all of a sudden, you just don't know what to do. But like my parents taught me, we needed to work hard. And so I started working full time as a cashier at a local store, LA. That's where I started off. Um, learned as much as the <laughs> yeah, and I love them too because they give me the opportunity. I was young and they said, hey, you want to work? Okay, let's do it. So I took the opportunity. I learned as much as I could. I was always um, available for whatever they needed. And um, then I was promoted to being a bank teller at Western Union. So I learned as much as I could there and followed to work through 16th Street. And of course, all these promotions, you know, were there is perks to them, not only financially, but now my lunch hour was <laughs> went from 15 minutes to an hour. Um, the days were much more flexible. I don't have to work weekends anymore. And you know, it's just build yourself up. And so after, after 16th Street, then I landed in um, Milwaukee Public Schools as a secretary. And I loved working there. I just loved customer service, but I mean, if you really think about it, we're not selling anything. We're there to help families. We're there to help the children. And wow, I just admire um, teachers and principals because they get it from students, from the families, but then they get it from above. They're mm -hmm. regionals, they're supervisors. So they're always in that, um, that that's their, their life. And I was part of it. I was able to see it. I was able to see, you know, behind the scenes, the things that, people don't see um and I loved working there I think that was the hardest transition going to Milwaukee Rec because I felt welcomed I felt like I knew everyone and everyone knew me and there was you know you just walk in in the mornings and feel like you're at home <laughs> and just have really nice relationships with them you know Esme I want to ask you I'm going to have you react to this Okay. Because this, we, we spoke before we began, the title of this is about navigating it. And you were, you were navigating from uh, becoming um, a person of this country to this idea of working hard and looking for opportunity. And, and then you navigated school and you navigated work. And, and now you've ended in a place where you're helping other people navigate. Yes. <laughs> and I love it. I think What do you love about it? I think it's um really impacting to see others sometimes in their struggle. They don't know where to turn to. And sometimes I can think about my parents that way too. They they didn't know who to turn to. And I want to be that person that they can turn to and I want to be welcoming and I want to say, hey, I might not know exactly um, where you're headed, but at least you're here and I can 
help navigate this part of your life and then send them off and then <laughs> expect, you know, that <laughs> send them off and hope the best for them. <laughs> because I don't think you should stay in one place um, forever and whatever that is, not just um, career wise, you know, but um, even in, in family and faith, you know, you're always just trying to do more. Uh, you know what uh, you are you are walking the you are walking the talk miss esme because you are going places and, and i see this in you but you know i want to ask you to to reflect upon those families that you help move forward whether even through something like recreation which we know is important to to families and children what is the response that you get from some of those families? Do you, does anything come to mind? Um, so I had this phone call. I am an accounting assistant, so I don't have much interaction right now with the families. But I received this phone call of a, a mom who was just so thankful that there was still activities going on. Um, because, of course, with the pandemic and everything going on, they're not finding um, space to just relax. Mm. And, and, and I'm here listening to her for, for, the, <laughs> for the longest. And I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm happy that she's feeling that way because we provided that for them or, or the department that I work for is there to help them to just not see struggles all the time, to see that there are resources out there for them and that we care. We're not just an institution who wants money. You know, we, we want more than just that. We, we're after their uh, well-being. What does that do for other people when you act in such a way? I think it creates I think it gives them hope. I think it gives other people hope that not everything is bad or there is opportunity. There's opportunity. Mm -hmm. mm. How'd you get so wise? It's, <laughs> um, you know, I just, I'm very, I don't know. I think it's because ever since I was little, I always had to be aware. Mm. You know, I, I, I grew up with my parents needing me and most of the time when it was um, translating or interpreting papers, documents and things that maybe I didn't understand at such a young age, but I, I had to try. Did, did it force you to become older than you probably were at the time? Yes, it did. Yeah, I did. I have two siblings, so I had to take care of them sometimes. You are you are the oldest then. Yes. I uh, you you have the you have the tendency of the oldest. You're taking charge. I have to. <laughs> so, Esme, I want to ask you because I think you because of your your journey, you're navigating. And from El Rey to, you know, to a student El, where you started school, El Rey, Western Union, 16th Street, MPS, Milwaukee Rec. 
talk to me about community. Tell me what you, how you envision community. Let's start there. For a very long time, I thought community meant neighborhood. And I think a lot of people can confuse the sure. two. But um, I then realized that community is just a space where you find opportunity and support. Mm. So um, I think they're interconnected, right? Um, and it's a, an opportunity to grow, to learn, to feel accepted, and an opportunity to serve, an opportunity to lead, an opportunity to express yourself. Um, but then with that comes support. So it, bringing the resources available to you because I support what you're doing or I'm going to respect you as my leader because, because I'm providing my support that way. So I think it's a community is anywhere that you find opportunity and that you find the support. If you don't have that, I think it's, it's not a community because then it's not allowing you to be who you really are. You, you know, that is so interesting at a number of levels, but I want to go this way mm. because this is, this is about the health and, and, and however the health, have, however you define it. But many of the times we find that within uh, the black and brown community and in the Latinx community, they struggle in the health realm and we can look at some of the health statistics. Do you have a sense of why that might be? And more importantly, how this idea of opportunity and support can be used to improve the health of the community? Well, for me, um, when we're talking about health, we're not only talking about physical health. Mm -hmm. I think emotional, um, mental, and spiritual health have a big role in everyone's lives because at some point of your life, you're, you're going to um, find one of those in your life. And so you want to find a community that will help you get through that no matter what you're going through. If it's a mental... Um, mental health, you know, if you're depressed, that you find somewhere that will support you and will give you an opportunity, will not marginalize you for what you're going through or see you for, for what you've been through. Instead, see for what you can be and what you, what you can become. You used a, a word that I want to go further, and I don't want to make an assumption um, about that word. You said the word marginalized. What does that mean to you? Marginalized is just, um, for me, would say it, it would say not to be included, but mm. instead to be excluded. And okay. I think um, I'm, I'm one of the locals. I'm... For a very long time, I, you know, we can say that I'm part of an statistic. So I'm just breaking mm -hmm. those um, stereotypes. You know, where immigrants are criminals. Well, no, I'm your neighbor. I'm your coworker. I go to the same church with you. I go to, I shop at the same grocery shop. Um, or that, um, I mean, even living in Milwaukee, that's 
you know, a lot of people can stereotype Milwaukee as a bad community or a bad city, but I grew up in a place where, sure, sometimes I didn't know if it was fireworks or gunshots, (laughs) Um, or I'd be sitting at the front porch and all of a sudden a break, I mean, a fight would break out. So, Mm. yes, I did see that, but I also saw how my dad's car sometimes would break down and the neighbor would come and help him. And then they would both work on fixing the car. Um, I would see how maybe um, my neighbor would grow uh, peaches and, and she would share with all the kids in the, in the block. So, you know, we're just breaking stereotypes here where um, people that might be marginalized can feel included. You know, and you really make me think about hope, that word hope again, because Mm -hmm. you again, the words are powerful. And there are people that would say that all people that aren't from here must be criminals or something along those lines. Use that word criminalize. But yet, you know, we are all that physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. And we all struggle. And we all have to, to look for those opportunities to, as you said, break down the stereotypes. Has that been harder during this pandemic for the community that you're a part of? Um, yes, it is. Because, I mean, I can think of my, of the neighborhood meetings. I can think about the uh, worship Sundays, it's not the same anymore, where I work, you know, everybody tries to maintain their distance, because of course, um, you know, we're all trying to um, flatten the curve, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but um, it does make it hard, because you don't interact so much with one another, and, you know, sit down and talk about everybody else's journey, what they're going through, Um, so it is kind of harder. Yeah, I was thinking about the idea of if we're here to to support one another in this time of of pandemic, it's it's harder to do so. The isolation, and for some of the some of the people where uh, some of the people of the community, English is not the first language; it's the second language, and so some of the things that might they might miss in translation. Do you think that's the case? Yes, it could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to drill down a little bit around the health, because one of the things that we're interested in is decreasing uh, the impact of diabetes and hypertension. You know, what might, how might we connect community to opportunities to do more around the space of uh, diabetes and hypertension in the Latinx community? Do you have any thoughts on that? My mom's a diabetic. Okay. Uh, So... I think um, I loved what 16th Street was doing Mm -hmm. because they were making sure that these resources were available to the Hispanic community. Mm -hmm. And something so simple like having a a brochure in Spanish and just Mm -hmm. making her aware of what foods to eat, what foods not to eat. But I can just imagine if that pamphlet brochure was um, 
only in English. I mean, what what would that cause? My mom wouldn't understand. Of course, now she has us, but if you think about someone that may might arrive here by themselves or are not familiar with the language, you know, all of these things, it, it's, it's important. And just, I, I like what Sixteen Street was doing. So I guess when we're planning or when we're, um, when we're bringing ideas to the table, we have to be more uh, considerate about the Hispanic community and doing a simple change, like translating our stuff. Yeah, and, and you know, we know from community engagement, asking someone locally, is this understood? Because we, as we've talked about, uh, the Latinx community is not a monolith. It is, it is, it is varied as the day is long, and there are many types. There are many, there are many cultures and many customs and many, any even nuances of language that we have to be mindful of. So, asking people, does this make sense? Even if you know one Spanish is not all Spanish. And so right. the idea of where people are coming, the dialect, it, it all matters. Even I can imagine even some of the customs, the colors, and the foods that people eat are, yes. are, are varied. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we need to reach across, as you said already. <laughs> <laughs> so Esme, tell me about where you are now. So you're in college. You're in college now. Yes. I'm at UW Milwaukee, uh, majoring in community engagement and education. And Tell me about that. Well, um, for a very long time, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I, as opposed to my sister, she knew she wanted to be a teacher ever since she was little, always. And now she's in, in her junior year, she's gonna become a teacher. But for me, I was like, well, I like to do a lot of things. I just don't know what. And my faith community, the um, working with the neighborhood or just volunteering for the neighborhood kind of brought that to me and just saying, hey, there's a lot of projects to work on. There is a lot of opportunities around here where um, we can make a difference. Um, and I don't have to just stay in one place. And community engagement was what it is what um just caught my attention i was like wow that sounds perfect just being everywhere <laughs> and helping others esme community engagement is perfect for you i've been in the field for a Me long too. time and we need people like you frankly it goes back to that navigating i know i'm probably biased at this point but you are a navigator and the beauty of community engagement is that you can take it anywhere right. and do anything with it as you have demonstrated, even without any training by doing all the things in, in banking and in food and in healthcare <laughs> and now working in education. You know, you are, yeah. you know, I don't know what, what that leaves. That leaves, you know, there, you've, you've done a lot of things at this age and helped to navigate because I want you to, to ask, to react to this the things that you have done make you to who you are and who you are becoming. How have all those things made you who you are? Um, well, I think that it's made me a risk taker. <laughs> it's made me more, uh, it's given me courage 
and also knowledgeable knowledgeable um it's expanded my networking as well and it's also helped me be compassionate oh yeah tell me more um, about that well sure i struggled growing up but i'm sure that there's others that struggled even more maybe a mom and dad that didn't have um kids that could help them um and so yes i'm i was maybe like i said maybe growing up i i struggled but there are others who maybe didn't have everything that i did have and so i don't like to dwell so much on my experience i like to see what others are going through and you can see that by all of the places and the people that you have navigated. You can see when people are struggling. Um, I'm not very good at public speaking, <laughs> but I think I'm very good at making relationships one-on-one. -on -one. I like just getting coffee with, if it's my youth member, I'll you know, take them out on coffee and just talk to them. I like checking up on people and seeing how they're doing. How can I help? Sometimes they don't ask for help and I'm like, hey, here, look, I saw this announcement. They're doing this or maybe you're interested in this. So I love that. You know, I, I you know, in a sense, you are public speaking and we're doing this now and and uh, you're doing great. Uh, and so uh, perhaps we need to find a, a larger audience than meet for you, because I think that <laughs> you have no fear and you you are pretty good at this. Um, Esme, you have talked about this and I want to give you a position to speak into this. You, you talked about the spiritual side and how you have done things with your church and for the church. How has your faith helped shape you to who you are today? And, and how do you see that growing for the future? Um, well, we all know faith means believing in what you don't see, like if it was, right? So I just, and it's something that it's, it's a lifestyle. It's not, it's not a wish. It's just something that you have to live believing that I can do this, live believing that there is a calling, but it's not one calling. It's a, it's a calling every day to be loving, to show, um, you know, like the, the patience to show kindness to show love and just make that difference every day not just um it's not like a long-term goal it's, it's it's a little goals every day mm -hmm. and i think that's what what's helped me um to see how how can i make a difference today hmm. i want you to give me that again the 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 believing part and i want you to slow it down for me because it, i had a hard time keeping up and i think our audience will want to hear it again so say okay. it again you faith said, is um living and seeing things as if they are even if they are not mm. so seeing the potential in something in you and <laughs> in, in someone else um, in the project that you have in your hands, 
seeing it as if it was already fulfilled and just working hard for it. That's pretty deep. And it's, it really has to go to your core of who you are. Cause you said, I have to do this every day. Yes. So you have to rededicate yourself every day. So this isn't a one and done. No, it's not. No. And every day is a new opportunity to learn. Oh my learn. goodness. There's that word again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just a new opportunity to um, show grace, right? With, with people really? that, well, showing grace is just giving that extra um, opportunity. You know, sometimes I, I think that, um, we go based on what we hear from other people. Um, and so then we immediately close our minds to it or ourselves to it. Mm. And then we don't give that opportunity. But if we show a little bit of grace, we might be into a surprise and actually see that there was something bigger and better. We, we, we can cut ourselves off, can't we, from that opportunity? Right. Yes. So I want to I wanna share something with you, and I've, I've never done this on the podcast. So I have these cards by my desk, right? Okay. And awesome. I'm going to turn it over, and I'm going to see if you can see what, what it is. I'm going to put it near my, near my camera. Could you see what it says? Yes. Grace. Grace. And so I, I, have, I have two of them. I have one that's hanging up and one that's sitting right there. And so because... I need a lot of grace. I got to give a lot of grace. And so I, right. if, if I've, if I've stepped in it and in community engagement, we often step in things we get in, we get in our own way. Um, and I think that, that, that goes true when we make, we, we draw assumptions about people and about situations and about what they are or what they are not. Right. Right. But it allows us to connect at a deeper level when we, we show a little grace. Mm-hmm. So, Esme, you, you have, in all of the things that you are and that you're doing, you're also a youth leader. Yes. Tell yes. me about being a youth leader. Who do you youth lead? <laughs> wow. It is an amazing journey. Honestly, I love it so much because you can just bring ideas and there's a lot of ways to go about it, you know, and fun ways. So I led um, 12 year olds to, you know, adult age. So just, uh, uh, I guess a wide range of um, youth and young adults. And um, it was for my church locally and then district wise. So that was just the youth here in Kenosha, Racine, um, Madison. And those were our sister churches. Mm-hmm. And so what, um, what we do is, and I say we, because it's not just me, it's myself and a team, of course, mm-hmm. you know, to bring the logistics down. And, um, and one of my favorite things was to do youth retreats. And we would just go all out in our youth retreats. So we would give them an opportunity to showcase their talent. So if it was poetry, singing, you know how to play an instrument, um you want to draw a piece of art do it we would give them a theme just to get them um you know and to give them an idea and then we we would um check in on them say hey like what are you going to bring and we had to promote this event 
so much um, to get the youth to go. The largest group that went was about 125 and it goes for two days. And so we bring this space to them where it's, where then we would bring like spiritual workshops, you know, um, different, different topics, of course, um, how to build their faith, but then also uh, things on like self-esteem or how to um, do better in school, things like that, or even just the leadership uh, workshops. And so um, it was just very fun to bring that to them. It was a lot of work, but it really did pay off. I mean, every year the group just keeps getting bigger mm. um this march we were able to pull it off <laughs> for the fifth year um right before the um <laughs> the shutdown so yeah <laughs> it was it was amazing I, um i am not surprised in the least bit that you were <laughs> able to pull that off but esme help some of our leaders understand how you make the connection with a 12 year old mm. i think you have to be um graceful we're talking about grace yeah and so there are a lot of things that can go wrong yes but there's also a lot of things that can go right so you have to give them opportunities you know, do you have an example? Have do you have an example of, of how that worked out for you? Yes. Um, so even in our um, organization, we have to go through um, elections. So you have to be nominated. Or if you are willing to work, then you just, you know, fill out a nomination form and nominate yourself. <laughs> and then um, go, go and write for elections. Well, we had, oh, oh, and then these elections are only for like adults, so 18 and over. Well, we had a young, um, a young girl who was 17 and that, no, she was 16. And that opportunity was given to her and she was just amazing. I mean, she went to all the meetings she helped in everything that we needed to get done. So logistics, so whether it was a fire, whether it was an announcement, whether it was calling this this uh, this other young person to see if they were going to participate, if they had their forms done. So you could be um, surprised by, by what you give a, a 12, a 13, 14 year old. Um, I mean, many of our participants for the talent shows were 12 through 14, 12 to 15, and they would showcase their talents in a big audience. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that some, you know, adults sometimes are not even um, courageful enough, <laughs> um, but these young people were, and so then you start feeding into them um, courage, strength, and then you start helping them see their skills, helping them see their talents. You see something in them, don't you? And you, you, you help bring it out. Yes. You're navigating again, I'm telling you. <laughs> Aww. 
Esme, tell me about the Latinx culture from your perspective. Paint a picture for us of what you see. I just want to, I always like to learn about other cultures because I have been invited into many cultures and I love learning about cultures. I want to hear it from, I want to hear it from your, from you and see it from your eyes. Paint me a picture. Tell me about it. Okay. So <laughs> I didn't grow up with a big family, but the food. The food is amazing and it just brings a lot of people together. Mm. So whether it's a birthday, whether it's um, uh, a wedding, it, a small celebration, anything, there's always food. And there's always a lot of food. <laughs> so we, um, in our church, we like to do a Christmas dinner mm -hmm. and we go all out. Uh, we we dress up like gala style, you know, it's just amazing. It's, it's mm. fun. Um, and this year we, we brought like Mexican dishes, but we also brought Puerto Rican dishes. We brought uh, dishes from El Salvador, dishes from uh, Guatemala. And there was just so much food. Everybody just had to take some after the party. And it was, it's incredible to see the different kind of um, meals that they make for for Christmas, but it's amazing. Oh, and we even had Dominican food, so mm. it's just a lot of um, seasoning and a lot, <laughs> a lot of it. Whatever you want to bring to a party, whatever you want to bring when you're hosting someone, you'll just see a lot of it. Mm. So be ready. <laughs> it helps build community, doesn't it? It does. Mm -hmm. Esme, what are some of the, your practices that you, that you participate in on a regular or daily basis? What are, what are some of the things that you do, your rhythms, that, that make you who you are? Um, I think it's just being a risk taker. And I think it's also, I think it has to do with being humble as well. I mean, oh. you don't you don't have to say that, but mm. I think we talked so much about grace and all the odds were against me. If we want to say, you know, I'm part of statistics, <laughs> um, but I think um, I'm just I just carry myself with it's okay, you know, it's not um, grace, <laughs> grace. I think yeah. it goes back to that. I, I see you as, I think that the idea of you are very thoughtful and I can see it in you that you think about things deeply um, mm. because of the things you've seen in this idea of navigating and helping your parents and helping others that it may seem like risk, but it's like sometimes you could have that small little nugget, you know, the, the, the faith like the mustard seed, right? Yeah, which grows into the great big bush, and and maybe that's what you are. You have that faith like a mustard seed. Hmm. I think so. Yes, hmm. faith is a big important part of my life. Then. Oh my goodness, we know it is. Esme, what do you see for yourself for the future? Well, I hope to finish school since it's a goal that I've been having for many years. Not a hope. But we will finish school. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes, we will finish school. And um, maybe 
be part of a a different project where I, I might be more hands-on. Um, I want to go into my career course. And I think I see myself in Milwaukee. Mm, I hope so. <laughs> with a family. <laughs> with a family and I don't know. I just I just want to be um I just want to continue to help others. Oh my goodness. I think that you're gonna do that. And I wanna ask about this because when you yes. sent over your bio to me, you said I am now the owner of Essence Res Essence Resume Consulting. Tell us about as Essence Resume Consulting. <laughs> so I just called it a project. I don't want to call it a business because I'm not okay. in it I for the it money. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I mean, it's, I guess it is what it is technically. Um, so what it is, it's just I help people write the resumes. I think that it's a way to, again, help them see their skills, their strengths, and then just put it on paper. And what I do is just like a little 20 to 30 minute meeting. And I say, tell me about your work, like from the beginning. That's story, what right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just say, what does uh, work look like you in a regular day? You go in from the moment you go in and then they start telling me. And I love it because I understand what they're doing. I understand what, what their um, jobs are and somehow I feel a little bit more connected to them or I get to know them a little bit more. And um, so I just, you know, write the resumes and then I send it back to them and I give them like a little feel like you can do this. I see the skills in you. you a lot of people just work automatically and don't sometimes realize everything that they're learning and that it can, that you can transfer those skills into another place and that's kind of what happened with me you know, I, I learned some skills through my faith community that I applied in my job that now I'm applying to this project and it's just everything's just interconnected you know and you you gave that image before with your work with Milwaukee Rec the idea of you said I give customer service and I help people and then they go off and this idea <laughs> of this service, the Essence Resume mm -hmm. Consulting, you give them some support and then they go off. Yes, yes. So I want to feed into them that they can do it. Um, they, there's opportunities for them oh out goodness. there. And so that's just kind of my way to facilitate that to them. Um, that a resume, you know, it's not a, it, it can't be a roadblock because you're already doing this. You already possess this skill. So I yeah, kind of what it's about. There's more inside of you. We just need to bring it out. Yes. <laughs> yes. Esme, what gives you hope? Hmm, I think we talked about this all night and I think it is opportunity. Um, when I see somebody give, somebody that's marginalized or someone that you might not expect, given an opportunity, I, that just brings me hope that, that things are, are, are changing <laughs> and that, that we're breaking those stereotypes. You know, I, you give me hope. You give me great joy in hearing your story. 
Esme, is there anything else you want to tell us this evening? Um, no, I think um, I just want to thank you for having me. It's honestly very humbling that you um, took your time to <laughs> hear my journey and my story. And your, story your story is amazing. And it and it's one that I wanted to bring to others because it's it speaks of it's never been an easy path for you this idea of navigating, but somehow through it all through the perspective and attitude and the courage and the strength and the things that you that came before you are the things that you bring forward. You know this idea of opportunity and hope and things are changing. I think that is the way we can change the world is when we can make the world a healthier place through our physical efforts, our emotional efforts, our mental efforts, and our spiritual efforts. Mm -hmm. Blanca Esmeralda Martinez, you are an amazing woman, and I thank you for coming on Days of Learning. Now, if people want to get a hold of you through your Essence Resume Consulting, how should they get a hold of you? Es Resume Consulting on Facebook. <laughs> so you can find it on Facebook. Esmeralda Martinez, thank you for coming on Days of Learning Podcast. It has been a joy to have you tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Good night. Good night. Oh, what a conversation that was. Blanca was so graceful and so humble in her Talking about her journey, it has not been easy for her, but yet she persevered and she saw those opportunities. She talked about walking the talk and working hard that her parents gave to her. But she also spoke of perspective and attitude, um, the courage to try, to try small things, to see where that might lead her. She spoke of struggle, but then she spoke of doing different things, whether it be working at a grocery store, working at a bank, in healthcare and working in MPS, and certainly at the center of it all was her faith. You know, in believing in what you see, even when you don't see it. I am hopeful about the world and how we can change when we have people like Esme in it. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and this YouTube video. Um, if you liked it, give us some comments, share it on your social media, subscribe to the podcast. We have a number of guests in the future that I hope that you will enjoy. We'll be speaking more about health and medicine and community engagement and how we can be a healthier community together. But until then, I am your host, David Nelson. This is the Days of Learning podcast. Goodbye and be blessed. <laughs>